0: this Scroll University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week and we chew on God's Word and share that with you. The things that we have been uh, meditating on and our spirits have been encouraged by and we're, we're seeing growth in our lives. We want to offer that to you guys in hopes that it will offer some Some form of nutrients, spiritual sustenance for you too. Not that this is ever a substitute, Lou, for having your own devotional life. If you guys are doing that, shame on you.
1: If they are having their own devotional life, shame on them.
0: No, if they're (laughs) listening to this as like a substitute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Shame. Shame on you. You're bad, bad Christian. Oh, man. I love (laughs) wheat. All right. Hashtag cancel Chris. <laughs> um, we do this uh, twice a week and we bring on, I guess we bring on a, another staff member here at the office. So this week, obviously, we have Lou Hines with us. Hello, Lou.
1: Hello, Chris.
0: How are you, my friend? I'm doing
1: well. I'm doing good. Yeah.
0: Lou Hines is the worship pastor here at UFC. And um, in a marvelous display <clears throat> of brute strength, he <clears throat> has thrown out his back.
1: Oh, Well, we don't know if I've thrown on my back. Well, it is a a real possibility. We know,
0: listener. (laughs) We lifted uh, the paper cutter of paper cutters this morning. (laughs) And um, anyways, Lou is essential, and we couldn't have done it without him. What have you
1: been chewing on? Great question, Chris. Um, Well, uh, I've just been spending time in the book of Exodus, and specifically chapter 20 of Exodus, and specifically verses one and two so um yeah a little background exodus 20 is titled um by our translators as the 10 commandments chapter so you know that's where we get that but just putting it in context so god has just rescued the israelite people um, and they come um, to the base of mount sinai and um, so chapter 19 is at Mount Sinai, and, you know, verse 3 says of chapter 19 that Moses goes up to God, um, you know, and he, they're conversating. And, but then chapter 20 is, is, like I said, where I've been spending my time. And I'll just read verses 1 and 2 and then share um, what I've been pondering. Great. So chapter 20, verse 1, and God spoke all these words. Verse 2. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then he goes on and he lists the Ten Commandments. But the part that I've been chewing on is a couple things. One, the first thing, you know, as Moses is relaying the words of God to the Israelite people, the first way that God describes himself as a God who acts Um and specifically the one who has brought them out of Egypt. And if you know the Exodus story, it is not by anything that the Israelite people have done. It is solely by God's redemptive works and actions. You know, they didn't lift a finger and they're looting um, Egypt. But God defines himself as the God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, So that's the first thing. That's how God defines himself um, as a God who acts and saves. But the second thing is, then you have the rest of the Ten Commandments. And so I see this connection of, okay, God has acted. He has saved the Israelite people, blah, 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 And then he says, and this is how you should live. This is how you should relate to me and to others. But it's out of that first redemptive work Mm -hmm. right and so then we find our identity and um, how we live and conduct ourselves both with god and with other people out of god's first redemptive work and obviously i'm taking that from the israelite context ancient (laughs) (laughs) israel and i'm applying it to us um, and myself uh, as the lives of of a christian but i mean God rescued us out of the house of slavery, Jesus, mm-hmm. through um, through that exodus, right? Um, and so, um, I think it's a completely reasonable application to make mm-hmm. that out of the work of God, okay, I he's the one who saved me. I didn't do anything for that. Mm-hmm. And then, because of that, he's given me a new identity, which relates to how do I relate to God, and then how do I relate to my fellow man, but it's all out of God's um, work Mm -hmm. first.
0: One observation I would have on this is looking at how God defines himself. Like you said, based off of something he did. Yeah. Which is interesting. He doesn't say I am merciful Mm -hmm. or I am just, or, or I am awesome. He Mm -hmm. says, I'm the guy who brought you out of slavery. Yeah. And then he, like you said, instructs them, on what to do. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm i inclined to, and I, I of course don't want to butcher the text, but I'm inclined to maybe make a bit of a jump here to say God's identity was revealed in his actions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Our identity is revealed in our actions. Thus, the connection between what he did, who he is, and the Ten Commandments issued to us. And I'm reminded of Jesus' words when he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Yeah. And how indicative our actions are of our citizenship and our, the, the, you know, to use like a colloquialism, like the state of our heart mm-hmm. or something along those lines, our walk, uh, because it, and maybe you can answer this question, Lou. Um, why is it, do you think that we have, if we follow this logic that I'm using, why is it that we have pushed against works or actions as as a identifying quality of who we are as a person is that convoluted enough for you
1: um yeah i think i understand it i mean there is a um prevalence i suppose um within some of the christian communities that i've been in of okay um feeling very anti-works or anti-deeds um and 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 possibly it's like the pendulum swinging mm-hmm. you know so
0: most antinomian yeah which is to say anti-law <laughs> or anti anti-works
1: yeah so they're i mean it's it like generations react to generations and so it's quite possible previous generations were very much like okay this is what we have to do and then the next generation is you know they're they're responding or reacting to that so then it's all grace and so on and so forth um but as you mentioned jesus says if you love me you'll keep my commands and um we have to wrestle with that tension of okay um god does call me to be obedient to go and sin no more and Mm -hmm. there is the verse my grace is sufficient for you right paul but then there's also the verse romans 6 what shall we say then are we to continue in sin that grace might increase no like so um or James yeah, yeah <laughs> um so we can't just excuse um sinful behavior as well God's grace is sufficient, mm-hmm. um, God calls us to something higher and deeper, and we will make mistakes um, but God prefers obedience, not sacrifice, yeah, and so God first wants us to be obedient, and God is opposed to earning, I don't think he's opposed to working, mm-hmm. and that maybe needs to be nuanced a little bit. He's opposed to us earning our salvation. You look at Exodus, right. they didn't earn anything. Um, they cried out to God, and then God provided Moses and the Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like us, we don't earn our salvation. Um, but but God did want them to be obedient. You know, mm-hmm. you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image. Um, uh, uh, you know, a graven image—all these kind of things—and there, so there's things that we should and shouldn't do as mm-hmm. followers of Jesus, and and um, they're not burdensome things. And in fact, if you you know, Jesus says, um, "My yoke is easy, my burden is light." Following the way of Jesus is actually better for us than us making our own idols and following after that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah there's probably a lot of like historical layers that go into like, okay, why do we have a problem with, with works at yeah. this point? Um, yeah. But it is definitely prevalent and, um, but God does call us to obedience for sure.
0: Do you think there's a modern point here? Um, and by point, I mean sh- uh, like a dagger, not like a oh. three point sermon. <laughs> uh, if there is there a modern point that a pain point here that it's touching on with how we, as a culture seem to find our identity expressed in Mm. our behavior, how we dress, how we look. We're very, Mm. you know, our bumper stickers are Mm -hmm. everything we do. And I'm using pretty broad strokes here. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Everything. But everything everyone does on earth, um, it, you know, they want to scream out who they are. Mm -hmm. So what do you think something like this has to say to the believer? in the culture that we're hmm. in. Hmm.
1: That's a great question. I don't, I don't know if I have a great answer off the top of my head. I mean, you're, you're mentioning something, um, expressive individualism, mm-hmm. this idea that who I am on the inside needs to be expressed. And if I don't express it, then I'm being inauthentic. Right. And that's like the, the unpardonable, unpardonable sin <laughs> in our generation is to not be authentic. Yeah. So, but applying that then to to the Christian, um, yeah. You no, know, my, my first thought is, well, gosh, our our lives don't. We don't have to just give in to whatever we feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know if this is where you're going, or this is where your mind is is going. This is just where my mind is going. But this, um, we're to conform to the way of Christ, not necessarily to our inner desires, because our heart. Um, is not always truthful, mm-hmm. and um, who we are on the inside, our authentic selves, doesn't always have to be expressed. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, because there's a lot of stuff in there that is wicked and sinful.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's um, I think the connection you're making might be different than what I'm making in my yeah, head. That's but okay. Yeah, that's just one thing.
0: Yeah, I also think the the situation of our actions reflecting something that's true mm-hmm. inside of us mm-hmm. is probably even more imperative for the believer today with you know it's kind of like when everyone's shouting in the room nobody is being heard kind of scenario mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i don't know i think we there can be a sense that my my lifestyle is offensive being mm. a christian's kind of offensive so i want to like hunker down mm-hmm. i'll do my thing but like I don't want it, it to be a big deal that I'm a Christian. Like my actions, you know, I'll follow the compass of Christ, but mm-hmm. like I don't want it to be really obvious. Um, you know, someone says, "Oh, what are you doing this weekend?" You know, maybe I'll say I go to church. Mm-hmm. But it seems like th- most of what the uh, Israelites did out of obedience really was a, it was visible. Mm-hmm. It was external. Yeah. It was against the grain of the culture mm-hmm. and it was, um, uh, it, it was, um, not abrasive, but mm-hmm. it was something you just ran into, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. their eating practices, their, sure. their, how they made their clothing, like how they cleaned things, everything kind of, yeah. you just ran up against it over and over again. Mm-hmm. So it seemed mm-hmm. unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, so how much of a Christian's life should be loud, air quotes. Mm because our actions need to reflect the work that's been done inside of us and how much of it is like i'm going to quietly live a life that you know honors the lord mm-hmm. probably in in some ways but
1: yeah well my my mind goes to gosh is it the where is that is it in peter first or second peter mm. to live a quiet life yeah mm-hmm. yep um so there is that part of where um and obviously they probably need to look at the larger context yeah. of what he's saying there, but um, I think you are right that if we follow Jesus for one, regardless of speech, so let's just move like, you know, um, speech out of the the way. If if we're just acting in the way of Jesus, mm-hmm. people will notice things, and it should be different. And yeah. obviously, we've heard sermon after sermon about that, but it is true. I mean, we have um Jewish family members in my um in my family and so when they come to visit they're still practicing those those um you know religious practices like the food and the mm-hmm. and um, sabbath and all that kind of stuff and it um it is counter cultural and it's um it it makes a difference in how we interact because so um so I think there is something to be said for, okay, when we follow the way of Jesus, there should be, it should be um, hitting against culture. I think one of the difficulties, though, is when you live in a culture, it just becomes like the air you breathe. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the scary things is then we can start to uh, baptize cultural tendencies, mm-hmm. and we find verses that support that cultural tendency. I don't know some examples. Well, I knew you were going to ask that. Come I don't on, have man. any. <laughs> Juicy. Juicy. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, okay, you could take productivity. Yeah. For example, or, um, cause that's the American way. And that's, that has made us a a great nation. Mm-hmm. Um, now it can go to the extreme, but then you can, you can find and isolate versus, um, you know, I specifically think of the book of Proverbs, go to the ant, Oh sluggard, consider mm-hmm. its ways and be wise. Okay, um, so then I should work 24-7, um, always be working, never take downtime, never take rest, and we forget about the other verses um, that, you know, like I think of the Sabbath, and I know people have different ways of interpreting mm-hmm. and dealing with um, Old Testament regulation concerning the Sabbath. I think we should take rest. We should give our bodies time to to um, decompress and all that kind of stuff. So we you can heighten and amplify certain verses in the Bible based on your cultural context Mm -hmm. and you could get rid of the other ones. And it comes back, let's full circle um, grace versus works. We can, um, we can highlight the verses on grace and do away with the ones that call for obedience Mm -hmm. based on our specific Christian cultural context. Um, And so then the point of application maybe is when you come to your Bible um be open to what it is saying um, and not just try to not just go to the ones that make you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. but try to um allow scripture to speak and there's a whole bunch in there, but just um be open to the verses like that maybe you don't feel comfortable with I don't yeah. Know.
0: Yeah, don't settle for skimming or, mm-hmm. you know, just moving on quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's great value in slowing down and actually studying the word mm-hmm. instead of just maybe casually reading it. Yep. And I also believe in the efficacy of scripture. So yeah, I think there's value in just reading it mm-hmm. and and not like meditating on it heavy duties. But yeah, I think of um, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Sean and I are going through that. You know, he talks about be a light on a hill, be salt of the earth, like these kinds of um, expressive, um, engaging qualities. You know, you don't hide a light under a basket. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't throw salt on the ground unless it's lost its saltiness; then it's mm-hmm. worthless and should be trampled. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I agree with you. I think there is like a visibility. And a necessity for your obedience for the purpose of glorifying the Lord to mm-hmm. be visible to the world and to kind of be contrary as the Jews were about to find out for the next yeah. hundreds <laughs> of years, you know, yep. <laughs> think of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego or Daniel and their dietary laws. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep.
1: Remaining obedient mm-hmm. in a disobedient land. Yep. Yep.
0: Well, cool. Um, so God reveals himself and his character by his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, spend some time reminding yourself who God is, what he's done, his faithfulness, and realign your beliefs and ideas about him based on his track record.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Nope. Beautiful. <laughs> Just how I like it. Oh, we that. drained him dry. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be incapacitated for the week. This is an exercise. All right, Lou, thank you so much for coming on and uh, enjoying my ridicule. Yeah, and anytime. Yes, that is a lie.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I called him at three in the morning last nope. week. He didn't want to do it. <laughs> sure didn't. didn't. Want to do it. Nope. Listener, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this was encouraging and edifying for you and that you've got something that will – help you serve your King today and tomorrow. And uh, we will get you on the next episode. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So, please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.